secret. Dwayne is hiding in the basket. What's in the basket? Some of the tenants claim to have heard noises coming from this room. Like someone on a rampage. What's in the basket? You're that kid Needleman warned me about. The Bradley boy. The freak we separated. I know an awful lot of guys, Dwayne. But you're... different. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? What's in the basket? My brother. Your brother! <laughs> Open it, if you dare. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and the podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network. If you find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Novick here with me as always. It's Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going, guys? This isn't a podcast. It's a nut house. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like that that's also a quote from some other movie, but yeah. Yeah, we have a guest this week because we're kicking off our first episode of 31 Days of Horror this year. So with us from Halloween is Forever podcast, as well as Hop Nation USA returning to the show, Steve. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Hey guys, thanks for having me back. Uh, so the since you were here the last time, you actually started up a new show. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Halloween is Forever? Yeah, that's right. So uh, if you want to just real quick, if you want to check out Hop Nation USA, just at Hop Nation USA. That's what that's real easy. We did that before. Go check out the Cool World episode with you guys. Yeah, since then, I started a new podcast, Halloween is Forever, and it basically kind of stemmed from Hop Nation USA because it was previous guests I had in Brian Reed and Meg Seastead. And Meg is a brewer in the Pittsburgh area with a North Country Brewing Company. And Brian is a master Cicerone. Uh, if you've watched the Brews Brothers, Cicerone is a good way to make him upset. Like, Brian knows a lot, a lot about horror movies. And he'd been running an Instagram account for a long time that just had a bunch of, you know, horror-themed stuff. And he wanted to do a podcast. And Meg had wanted to do a podcast for a long time as well. So we all just kind of came together and we did. We're doing a horror movie podcast, but sometimes we just talk about like Halloween and other spooky stuff in general. The big crux of the show is we have a three movie showdown at the beginning of every month. We each pick a we we let the audience kind of pick a subgenre. So it might be like monster movies or, you know, Korean horror or something like that. And then from that subgenre, we all pick our favorite movie. And we kind of defend them and attack the other films and then see who can put on the best show and come up the winner. And then the winner gets a championship belt for the month. Yep. A super fun show. You guys just did. You put pitted some Carpenter movies against each other, which was uh, a lot of fun to listen to. 
Yes, we put it the worst Carpenter movies against each other. <laughs> and not on purpose. You guys had you spun a wheel. Yeah, this, yeah, this time for October, we decided to change the rules a little bit. And it, it seemed unfair for everybody to just say, well, I want to do Halloween. I want to do the thing. So we, we put a roulette wheel in place. And the roulette wheel was a real bastard and made us do the worst John Carpenter films. <laughs> like, there wasn't even a Prince of Darkness or in Mouth of Madness. It was straight up Ghosts of Mars and everything below. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys spin an actual wheel because on Mark's other show, Game Vault Pod, they don't actually have a wheel, which shocked Dan. No, we we legitimately <laughs> did a roulette picker wheel that like you know, is you can just search picker wheel on Google, you get a couple. We legitimately did it, and it legitimately gave us the shittiest movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think essentially what he does is it's just a randomizer on his list of games, and he mm-hmm. calls it a wheel. Oh. Right. And he puts in the sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> but Dan was not was not aware of that. Uh, oh, that was so funny. <laughs> I, I didn't realize they cut corners on the Game Vault podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we go silent so that he has a break in the thing to put in the wheel noise. And in the middle of that, Dan goes, where's the wheel? <laughs> I, I said it much louder than that. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was disappointed. I, I, I came for the wheel and I didn't get it. <laughs> so steve where can you find halloween is forever i'm not sure if you dropped those i didn't yet but i will now yeah halloween is forever that's the instagram you know there's approaching eight thousand followers on there so that's a that's a fun one to check out and then hallow forever on twitter halloween is forever pod on tiktok and facebook and uh just halloween is forever on every podcatcher and that, that'll get you new episodes every monday great yeah, no, definitely check that out if you're listening to this right now, because it's a it's a very fun show. Mm-hmm. So, it's also super appropriate this month. <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect time to get into it. But as we do every week here, we talk about what we've been watching. So, Steve, why don't you kick us off? What have you been watching this week? Uh, what everybody else has been watching. I finished up Squid Game. Squid Game. I have yeah. not started that yet. Yeah, I, I actually started it like I'm going to sound like a hipster dick, but <laughs> I did start it before like it caught fire. And then, like, I paused because we did Midnight Mass for Halloween is Forever. But I had been jumping between Squid Game and Money Heist on Netflix. And uh, then, you know, Squid Game caught fire. I was like, well, I better finish it up because I did enjoy it. But uh, if anybody's not seen it, it's very similar to Takashi Miike film called As the Gods Will. Okay. Uh, I would, yeah, I would check that film out as well. It's It doesn't have as satisfying as an ending. Because it was it was based on I believe it was based on a manga that like you know has multiple parts. But yeah, the Mike films you know nice and violent and very similar in tone. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. Squid Game. Yeah, I've heard good things and I've seen it memed to shit already in like mm-hmm. span of like the last three days. All right, Dan, what about you? What have you been watching? I also haven't watched Squid Game yet. I feel like I'm missing out, so I'm gonna have to get on that soon. I've just gone full on horror mode. Really, been watching multiple horror movies a day so last night i watched two chucky movies two child's play movies the first and the second one uh, i watched the shining as well recently watched alien and so far and i've watched both it's uh, the the newer it's it chapter one it chapter two and that that is about it so far I, i've watched more but those are the the notable ones Gotcha. Any new ones that you haven't seen before? No, not yet. I, I haven't really ventured ventured out just yet. 
Gotcha. But I, I will soon. I'm I'm running out of things to watch already. <laughs> okay, Mark, have you not watched anything this week? I think you know the answer to that question. <laughs> I'm not sure because it's so wor- it's worded weird, so I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> what I think it's no, yes. I have not. But um, yes, you have not watched anything. I have not watched anything. I hope to have one thing next week if I can get out to a movie theater. But and I, I think Ant would have an idea of what it is. So you better. You're coming with us to movie theater on Thursday, actually. Yeah, but outside. Besides that, that besides that. Yeah. Okay. Great. As for me, 31 Days of Horror is in full swing, so I got all the ones that I've usually watched kind of early before actually October, so I've been doing the 31 Days of Horror, which I try and watch 31 new horror movies that I've never seen before. So I started with Legend of Halloween Jack, which might be the worst horror movie I've ever seen in my entire life, <laughs> or at least the most boring horror movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And I watched Sentinel, which is a kind of a B-plus Rosemary's Baby. Not too bad. Then House, which I've never seen before, which was a lot of fun. And then I've also watched the original Mummy from the 30s, which was boring, too. And I think the last one I've watched has been Willy's Wonderland, which I liked. Mm. But Nicolas Cage is completely wasted in that movie. He literally doesn't say anything. I I actually had a question I wanted to ask you guys. And Mark, you could jump in as well. I know you're not a, a horror guy, but we've always kind of danced around and something we, we've mentioned where I, like we've talked about citizen kane and how nowadays people don't revere it as much mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of like cliched do you guys feel the same way about the universal monster movies like the dracula wolfman the mummy like do, do you still think do like do, do you think that there's some merit to them still or is it just now it's like oh well they're not that good anymore you know there's so much better out there now I'll jump in and say, I don't think they're out of date. And I think they are great content to use for any kind of entertainment you may be writing or watching to <laughs> use those as allegories for things you might be creating. You guys can check out Stranger Damies every Please. other Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it depends. I think Dracula kind of falls into the it feels like homework as side of the things as opposed to like Frankenstein or Creature from Black Lagoon which I think more or less hold up I think the mummy is usually considered kind of like the lesser of the universal monster movies maybe I'm wrong in that aspect but I've I've always felt like it you know it's like an an also ran sort of movie when you consider put it up against Dracula Frankenstein even Bride of Frankenstein but Steve what do you think I think just overall like storytelling and everything kind of falls short and is obviously dated but i think you can find like good things in like the effects work like you mentioned the creature and uh the invisible man from 33 also has like some very interesting things that they they attempt in that uh otherwise you can still find the allegories but maybe they're done better and more modernized in other other formats but i think it's a shame that they really dropped the ball when they tried to reinvigorate all those universal monster properties and kind of make that dark universe like they could have really done that if they did it as horror movies but they tried to make like shitty action films and that's eh, that's not that's not the way you do it yeah you try to you try to make those properties as scary as possible i think they did a good job with the new invisible man 
where they oh, they right that was technically a remake mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that. Right. So that, that was uh another movie i watched this week uh my wife hadn't seen it yet so we we were watching it but she guessed the whole goddamn thing at the beginning she knew everything i was like well that kind of ruins the movie for me now because <laughs> i didn't get it but i i thought it was interesting how they did that because yeah the the, the original was was kind of groundbreaking with some of its effects and how they were able to 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 do that uh and i thought they did a good job making it more technology based and not like a mad scientist cliche and the one thing i i do enjoy still about the universal monster movies from the golden age was the the set pieces and the the surroundings uh sure. they they definitely give off a very creepy vibe to it dracula just there's the famous shot of him at the top of the stairs and the cobwebs on the stairs and just very dark and dreary looking. It, I, I still enjoy that stuff. I feel like that's something we don't really get very often in horror movies now. Maybe certain ones. I like A24 does a good job of it mm-hmm. with, with their surroundings in, in horror movies. But that's something that I kind of enjoyed in the movie we watched this week. I thought it, it's very it definitely portrayed the dark and grungy feel of that time period. Sure. Yeah. Shitty New York in 1982. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely wasn't a huge fan of the mummy, but there are plenty of other ones I do like. And, and for, in terms of Dracula, I think, I, I think I prefer like both versions of Nosferatu, like the silent yeah. one and the Klaus Kinski one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that those are a little more interesting. I mean, Bella Lugosi is, you know, legendary in that role. I just think it's, like I said, it feels like homework. Did you know that they did a Spanish version of Dracula? The, and it's supposedly it's great. Yeah, that's what I heard. Apparently, it's superior, and I, I've never, I'm dying to see it now. Yeah, I bet you can find it on YouTube or something. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, that's all I watched. Willie's Wonderland. Like I said, Nicolas Cage doesn't need to be in it. You can lift him right out and probably have more time for other characters because he literally doesn't say a single word. He's sort of badass, but he's like when he takes like, he has to fight off some of those animatronics with like a broken mop. And he just kind of like short arms it a little bit to use like a like a sports phrase. Like he's just kind of coming at him from like like with his just his forearms, not using his full arm. Just kind of yeah. took me right out of it. It's just yeah, it's, it's, he looks like an old it, man fighting. <laughs> <laughs> he does. And they didn't they didn't spend enough on like making the way he killed those monsters crazy mm-hmm. like there, there's like the two early ones where like he i think he rips out the spine of one like it's mortal combat mm-hmm. that's fucking crazy but then you, they kind of blew their load everything else is like almost like a, a steven seagal half fight and then break a neck yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i always love seeing nicholas cage but it was that i feel like like he like he doesn't even like fit into the lore of what they're do of what they're talking about. He's just like mm-hmm. a drifter that comes in and comes out. It's like all right, well you lift him out, you probably could have a decent like the kids are annoying and they're stupid, but you probably could spend more time and create building their characters a little bit more, and it yeah. would have been like a decent movie still. Yeah, definitely had to inject your own kind of backstory, which was you couldn't make up anything <laughs> for mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage's character. Yeah. All right, and that's all we watched this week. So we are going to take a quick break, and we're going to listen to some advertisements so we can pay those bills, and we'll be back in a second. 
And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was Dan's pick. So, Dan, why don't you introduce it? Sure. So, to kick off 31 Days of Horror and uh, for Halloween, this was a movie that I actually saw with you, Ant, for the first time at uh, your old apartment. I had never seen it before, but I had read articles about, you know, cult followings and stuff like that. And it it always seemed like it was right up my alley, very B-movie-ish. And I I love this movie because it's so ridiculous. And the movie I chose was Basket Case from 1982. Okay. Uh, so, Steve, you told me this was actually the first time you've seen this. So why don't you kind of tell me where you're coming from with this one? So I had heard about this film, obviously. It's, it's one of those things that kind of just permeates, you know, the horror subcult that we all kind of belong into in. But, uh, yeah, I actually never saw it. It was just one of those things that's on my list, and I never got to it. But I'm happy that you guys gave me the opportunity and a reason to watch it. What a fucking goofy fucking movie this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I guess I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it's like I don't know how many of you guys had seen Malignant. Yes, I'm glad we you brought about that up. We talked about it last week, but yeah, okay. Dan had seen it. And okay. I have, I've watched videos that had spoiled it for me, and I'm pretty sure Mark's not going to watch it. Yes. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But it, yeah, there was an obvious, there's a lot of obvious connections between the two films. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to imagine that it was inspired in some way. It had to have been. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. It, the parallels are far too similar. Just the fact that the story is the same. Like, right. even if you remove, yeah, yeah. Uh, trying not to be spoilerly, but it's the yeah. same story. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the one person's opinion I really would like to hear is Mark's because Mark is not a horror person. So Mark. <laughs> yeah. So I'll start off with this, and I won't mention the name of the the film series, but while watching this, I think I've realized that the way you guys love these movies and I like them, but don't really get into them as much as you do, is the same way. I think the one film series I really love and you guys don't really get, it's kind of the same thing because I really like this movie and it was good, but I'm sure there's going to be things the three of you talk about that, you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess that was great. You know, like <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't get into it or that deep or excited about it, but I will have to say there were a couple great laugh out loud moments. I'm pretty sure the doctor's receptionist is wearing a wig Jeez. and I, absolutely love the creature design um in this movie i think my favorite part not to jump ahead to things in it but my favorite part of the creature design was when he's being read a story and the camera slowly zooms out and there's just that that dead eye stare right into the camera from <laughs> from the puppet yeah. it may have been my favorite scene in this movie i laughed out loud yeah it's definitely it's where i come from with these movies is i can get through it and not get like either 100% bored or confused or anything like that. I was able to follow it. I was intrigued in the story to see where it was going and see how they were going to finish it up and all. So in that way, I did very much enjoy my time with it. And for another movie, just like Maniac Cop, it is very much the New York that I was always told is how the city is. Um, but the three times I've been there, it is nothing like this. Um, <laughs> and it is fun seeing... It's also fun seeing the slight difference between this New York and a similar New York and staying alive that's not as dark. And I think they're a year apart in terms of time. So hats off to the, the cinematographer, director, if he did both jobs, of just getting that 
that grittiness and and really skeeziness this time period in New York a lot more than you know Stallone did in Staying Alive. And I think the most ridiculous part of this movie was the having the little lock on the basket may may have been something that just made me shake my head when I first saw it. Yeah, I think the difference between the movies of Staying Alive and this one is this is definitely the New York where you contract hepatitis. Yes. And Stallone, Stallone made sure not to uh, have that in Staying Alive. This is probably the first time I have seen this movie since probably the, the time uh, Dan and I had watched it in my apartment two apartments ago. I love this New York that this movie uh, portrays. This is, I'm not 100% sure if I like this more than Brain Damage. I think I might like Brain Damage more just because this is, it's kind of like, it's like the Pursuits, Brain Damage kind of like learns less in this movie. But this is like the the New York that Giuliani, Giuliani robbed us of. Uh, just, <laughs> I, it's, just I was thinking to myself, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, you could meet the same people in today's New York that you, that this character meets in 1982 New York. Because I've met those people before. And right, but they're all underground now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's craziness, though. But it's the, the characters in this are, are very... I like these characters. I thought Every, they were so funny. Everybody's just so sweaty. Yes. yes. That's something you don't get in today's movies. Just like just how much sweat is just pour, pouring off these gross people that are living in this rat trap hotel on 42nd Street between between a porno theater and another porno theater <laughs> and below, and below a third porno theater. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's just Frank Henenlottered, man. He just films New York. Like, like someone that hangs out with these people would do just, he probably lived in that hotel for a, a brief period. I would guess if you, man. well, it, that, that was the floor up. That was the production floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Between this and Maniac Cop and Maniac, man, these guys just knew where to film. And it was probably super cheap. I would imagine it was super cheap to get these guys. Probably just, you know, maybe they just had to buy cocaine off of somebody. It's <laughs> like, all right, yeah, just, just buy this brick off of me. And then you go use this hotel, no questions asked. The creature design's pretty pretty great uh one of the things that i thought mark was gonna come away with is how annoying belial is in this movie because he he's a lot yeah. <laughs> yeah i if i was his brother i would have left him somewhere probably on the tracks of like the a train and just let nature take its course that way that way because it's poor dude poor Dwayne has to carry this asshole around <laughs> it's like it's one thing if you're uh like a do- uh, an amalgamation or just like just a deformed thing in a basket, but it's the second thing to be an asshole too. Yeah, he is an obnoxious little cock block. Like, yeah, yeah, you get the worst cock block of all times. Like, yeah. <laughs> no chick is getting wet after she sees what's in that basket. But I feel like that's all he has in life at this point. If you're if you're that kind of creature, you might as well just go all in on ruining your brother's life. I guess that that's what I would do. <laughs> uh, to, and I'm to so- be fair. To be fair, like I'm to a be normal fair. looking. Yeah, to, to be, be fair. fair. Oh, God damn it! Uh, <laughs> now it's now I'm thrown off. Uh, it, I'm a normal looking person, and I I try to actively ruin most people's lives. So. <laughs> oh, so you just sympathize is all it is. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You see a uh, lot I'm, in you in Belial. 
Yeah. I'm sorry that I'm sorry that you think that he has nothing else to live with. But when I saw that he got to eat a whole packet of hot dogs for breakfast, I was a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets well fed. All all his brothers just his brothers just trying to lose that V card, man. And he's just not letting it happen. Right? He's gotta be a virgin, right? Yes. I he's yeah. Got, I mean, no Lake George chick is gonna fuck a dude with that hideous scar on down his right side, right? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> But I mean that shit plays in in shitty hotel New York cities. Yeah, fucking Belial. Yeah, I hate him. <laughs> at the same time, at the same time, perfect. I love I love yeah. the I love the stop motion moments. Yeah, so yeah. When he when he trashes the apartment, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the the dresser drawer getting thrown at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's but you're right. I wish they could have come up with a better sound than him just constantly screaming pained screams. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. And and it, it was pained screaming and then really creepy breathing, right? It it was yeah. labored breathing. And I, I wish they had given him a better a, a bit better sound design, I guess. I mean I think I think it works in terms of what you realize what Dwayne has to go through every day. Yeah. I'm good with the pervert breathing, but if they had like some sort of backing, like punk music track or something while he's screaming and freaking out, like it would, it would, it would make a lot more sense. <laughs> That'd be cool. In a big budget bu- version, they probably do have some, some <laughs> music in the background. Yeah. It's like I'd, I'd buy that track for $1.99 on uh, iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask one question? Because I watched this on Tubi, right? Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, they mentioned the it's like some kind of collaboration with the MoMA. Oh yeah, it was restored something. by MoMA. <laughs> 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 yeah, I that's the classiest fucking thing in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's restored by MoMA for Tubi. I, <laughs> I literally I started watching the movie, all that popped up, and then I had to go to the link you sent us to go. I'm going to make sure I'm watching the right movie because this does not seem to match up. No. You, uh, yeah. Are you sure? Wait, you don't think this belongs in the Criterion collection? <laughs> this, uh, this deserves to be in the MoMA. <laughs> it's right next to the Monet. Yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and here's the Henenlotter uh, wing. <laughs> <laughs> Where F- Frankenhooker is playing 24-7. Uh, <laughs> It's like uh, who's on first at the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if it was just like wax statues of Dwayne and Belial, and it's just canned audio of just Belial screaming his head off. God. <laughs> Imagine working there. Must be the worst job ever. Uh, it's, it's, it plays now through a QR code. You know, you, you scan yeah. your phone on the QR code and then it screams. <laughs> it's like Spirit of Halloween. You go, like, you step on the pad and it just it <laughs> screams bloody murder. Yeah. But all the kids have already stepped on it, so the battery wore out. <laughs> and the, the best part of the uh, Dwayne wax figure is it just kind of looks like Greg Brady. Yeah. yeah. His, I, hair, his hair just grows, like, from scene to scene. I thought it was Jimmy Page. <laughs> uh, I don't think he had a 14-year-old girl locked in the in the closet. I think that's what they were they going for, him. though. Yeah. <laughs> so, Basket Case from 1982 is written directed by Frank Henenlotter, director of Basket Case 1 through 3, Brain Damage, and Frankenhooker. Stars Kevin Van Hittenreich, Terry Susan Smith, Beverly Bonner, 
Robert Vogel, Diana Brown, Lloyd Pace, Bill Freeman, Joe Clark, Ruth Newman, and Richard Pierce. There's an IMDb score of 6.2 and a Rotten Tomato score of 76%. Couldn't find any box office numbers, but it made 30, it was a budget of $35,000. And Mark, Terry Susan Smith does wear a wig throughout this whole movie. I think <laughs> in the trivia, it says she was bald at the time. So I couldn't find out why she was. was okay. Couldn't tell if she just shaved her head for a part or something because she's only, she doesn't have many uh, credits or if it was like a chemotherapy thing or anything like that. I couldn't really find any information of it past that. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad that that wasn't just some wasn't... terrible hairstylist on set. I was like, this looks good. <laughs> yeah. All right. You guys want to get into the plot? Let's do yeah. it. All right. Just want to give a quick shout out to our good friends of the podcast. Uh, Brittany and Tia and their podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a weekly podcast where Tia and Brittany just run down top ten lists. So if you want to check that out, if that's something you find interesting, go over to Geek Vibes Nation and search Top Ten with Tia. You can find all their episodes on there. And you should also give Tia a follow on Twitter. She's uh, she's also the head writer for Geek Vibes Nation. That's uh, TC underscore Stark. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. And we will be right back. AJ Chat is a podcast about movies, TV shows, anything in the entertainment field. And along the way, we have some fantastic interviews. And of course, out always, always a must, must have fun. So check out AJ Chat. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into plot four, Basket Case. We open on a house at night, relatively remote. Man in a suit and some Mark David Chapman glasses walk out of his house and hears some rustling in the nearby trees. Hears more noises and, the hu- and then hustles back into the house into safety. Locks the door and calls the police, asking for them to send someone into the house. And then something unseen cuts the phone line from outside. The man can hear something trying to get into the house upstairs. Then goes to the desk and pulls out a gun. Then whatever it is cuts the power to the house. Calls out to the unseen thing and tells it he has a gun and fires a few rounds at it. Until ultimately the thing reaches up with a weird looking hand and presumably rips the dude's face off. Then cut to the shitty, shitty streets of 1982 Manhattan and all the porno theaters and street hustlers that Rudy Giuliani hasn't gotten his hands on yet. Ah, the New York I wish I could visit. Yeah, just like (laughs) stepping in urine puddles everywhere you are. Stop, man. I can only get so erect. (laughs) So I haven't been to New York much, but it's all been like post 9-11. And I remember the time I went in the mid 2000s where they had most of the street painted up with like Super Mario. Uh, they were having some sort of Super Mario, like, I don't know, installation in Times Square. Mm. And yeah, that was nothing like what I just saw in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have been like when they opened. Like, I think they have a Nintendo store in Times Square. So mm-hmm. it's probably when they opened it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I did still see a guy shit in a wastebasket in the uh, by the subway, but you know. I, I told I told you that New York. the the people that you saw in 1982, it, the the people haven't changed. Yeah, I mean the, the surrounding area has, but not the people. Well, it's there's less of them because they've mostly been imprisoned or murdered by police officers. <laughs> Or overdosed. Don't yeah. don't forget overdose. <laughs> yeah. NYPD cruisers just tossing fentanyl out, out the window. 
Uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen a dude just drop his drawers on the sidewalk and take a piss into the street. Oh. <laughs> That's all you've seen it. You lucky no, bastard. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I've seen I've seen a commuter step in human shit in the middle of Port Authority. I've seen I've seen a dude in Port Authority walk up to people asking for change with like the neck of his dick hanging out of the the, the top of his pants. See, now there we go. That's I mean, that's the stuff that I'm talking about. Yeah. Like just, this dude's just he's going like sh- at it. Yeah, he's got shaft cleavage. <laughs> he's turkey necking. That's real New York stuff. <laughs> just asking people for change. and Yeah, that was unpleasant. Um, Very much so, yes. I also saw two guys in Penn Station, both of them in suits, fight. And one of the dudes pulled a knife on the other guy. It was like two commuters coming off the train from New Jersey Transit. Oh, was like, from New Jersey. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think I thank my lucky stars every day that I no longer have to go to New York to work. I don't miss it. I can't. I couldn't do it again. No, I, I don't miss it. <laughs> I had to drive up to Jersey City like a couple weeks ago, and it was like an hour and a half drive. And I was like, man, how did I do this every single day? Yeah, no, it, it, it was the bane of my existence. If if the, if if the, uh, the 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 commuter bus had gotten into a huge huge crash, I probably would have thanked God. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, you. yeah, Jen would have gotten a huge settlement. Yep. Yeah, she'd yeah. be on Easy Street. She would have married someone way better looking. It would <laughs> it would have worked out for all parties involved. Yeah, that was always my 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 dream was always to get hit by like a government owned vehicle while I was crossing <laughs> the street in New York. From like the Port Authority, right? Yeah, it was like a city <laughs> bus just hit me. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, cabs. You're not gonna get shit from cabs, but right. city owns the the. Yeah, they'll just they'll they'll settle that shit. Yeah. Just get it. I'm not saying get like maybe like have my foot run over. Just winged. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, like, that's. I'm not. Lo- I'm not looking to be paralyzed. Right. I don't want any of that. But uh, right. keep all my that. limbs. Yeah. Don't hurt the face too much. Yeah. We're a good. Bro- like a couple broken ribs, I could deal with. Yes. Yeah. Well worth the money. Yeah. Uh, that's that's essentially what we're going to Comic Con for, right? Just in hopes that hopes. we get clipped. <laughs> yeah, it's our one time a year now that we have that chance to get clipped by a government-owned vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> we see a Bobby Sherman-looking kid with a wicker basket walking down the sidewalk as some guy hassles him real hard to buy some illegal substances. That's the first rule of New York City: don't buy it on 42nd Street. It's a tourist trap for sure. And he comes across a rat trap hotel with some sketchy middle-aged white dudes are hanging out. It took me er, for five seconds. I thought the guy that ran the hotel may have been Bob Haas. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had I went to IMDb. I'm like, okay, it's not him. Good. <laughs> Bob Hoskins uh, took this role and his accent that he used for this for Super Mario Brothers. Mario yeah. Slaying. It's Mario Mario running this hotel. <laughs> Hassles him a bit, a bit, telling him no junkies, but then he says it's 20 bucks a night. And the kid stupidly takes out his wad of cash, so now the sketchy middle-aged dudes know he's a small fortune in his pocket. And he meets some lady, and he stupidly tells her what room he's in, and then she talks his ear off for a bit, and then, he, then she leaves him be. After seeing young... My notes say young, but she is not young. Presumed prostitute going to one of the other apartments with an older guy. He makes it to his room. He moves in, puts his stuff down, and then goes to get some food. Comes back to the apartment with a few burgers. Starts feeding whatever's in the basket those burgers. I, and he shuff- I love okay. by the end of this, he's just dumping the burgers, tinfoil and all. 
into the basket. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing does have its own hands. It's like, he's not completely useless. It's like, you know, I know you don't have a full body. I don't know what he does when he after he eats this and how he digests it, but at least give your brother a little hand and open your shit yourself. Meet him halfway. Yeah. Does he poop in the basket is the question. That's a good oh, question. That's a great question. Does poop in the basket. Does it poop at all? I don't know. Uh, no. Right? It, it. We don't get to, I mean, we see the underside of it. It doesn't look like there's a place to evacuate, so to say. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, maybe it just barfs it up. I don't know. Does it just come out it, the other end? Because like, did they? Who? Someone had to sew him up, right? Well, he, right. Yeah, he's not. He's just not an open wound still. Yeah, so. he never had. He never had a butt. Right. Correct. Per se. Yeah. He was never born with. He he shared with his brother, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So whatever he would eat, I'm assuming was absorbed into Dwayne's body. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so. I don't. That's a great question. Yeah, no, I guess that's the thing is if he had an actual digestive tract that was attached to Dwayne's, then he would have some sort of butt and he'd probably evacuate much like a bird, just all one tube. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe this is on the director's cut. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> if we ever meet Frank Henenlot, or maybe he'll be at Comic-Con, we'll ask him. It's like <laughs> question about Belial. How does he poop? Yeah. And he'll say, if I had a nickel. <laughs> I'm sure he's been asked it, yeah. Joe Bob Briggs probably asked the first time he talks about this. He's, he's had almost 40 years to figure it out, even <laughs> right. just to make something up. <laughs> Tell people how the thing poops. <laughs> Release the poop cut. <laughs> yeah, when he cut, when he pops out of the uh, the toilet after he was hiding, he, he also flushes. He's like, oh, mm. yeah, I guess he poops. So he looks through a phone book, but he can't find a number for a Dr. Cutter, which he's looking for. At night, whatever was in the basket starts pacing around the room. And the kid gets upset, telling the thing that he needs to get some sleep. And the kid has a one-sided argument as the thing talks to him telepathically. In the morning, one of the sketchy old dudes starts snooping around the kid's door, looking through the peephole. The woman from the night before shoes the guy away and then knocks on the door. The kid answers and she tells him that some people are snooping around his apartment, so keep the valuables where no one can see it. She introduces herself as Casey, and he introduces himself as Dwayne. She leaves, and then he locks up the basket and takes it with him out to the city, saying they need to visit a doctor friend. He goes to a doctor's office with an old bag lady, complains about the wrong prescription the, the doctor gave her. best accents in the movie, in this <laughs> argument back and forth. Yeah, the doctor's got a southern accent, I know. And then the old yeah, lady... Yeah, the, the receptionist don't... and the old lady were, like, the, the accent was really coming out when she was yelling back and forth with the receptionist. Real off-the-boat New Yorkers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she goes to the doctor's office, wrong prescription the doctor gave her, and then he mis- gets mistaken for a typewriter repairman by the receptionist. The receptionist tries to small talk him, but he's kind of a blank slate, but then she gets agitated by him because he hasn't seen all the tourist traps that no self-respecting New Yorker would waste their time at. I was thinking the same thing. There's no <laughs> way a New Yorker would tell you to visit any of those places. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, li- I was... Born in Brooklyn, so I lived there for four years before we moved. My parents lived there for most of their first, but my dad there for 34 years never went to the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I my dad. I don't think my dad ever went to the Statue of Liberty, and I don't think he ever went to the Empire State Building. My dad worked in the Empire State Building. That's the only oh, reason why I think you know. Yeah, but yeah, I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. I've seen it. I of. went on a school trip, so I'm not a real New Yorker. Yeah, I blew it. 
I mean, you've also lived you've also lived in New Jersey for thirty something years, so you're also that's also another reason why you're not a real New Yorker. That's good. <laughs> that's well, if we're picking hairs, sure. <laughs> if you want to get technical, it's like when uh, people from like some Westchester and Pennsylvania say they're from Philly or right, right outside up. Philly. Yep, right outside Philly, Reading. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mark Trout. He's from here. Yep. Millville. So she offers her services as a tour guide and gives her he gives her a fake last name so he could surprise the doctor, quote unquote. Smith. Yeah. Everyone believes that name. Yeah. So he goes into the doctor's office and the doctor, who has a southern accent for some reason, tells him to go into the exam room and remove his shirt. He does, and we see that he has a giant scar on the right side of his body. After the exam, Dwayne goes to leave and talks to the receptionist. She tells him that she'd like him to see she'd like to see him after she gets off work. First he tells her no, but then he moves the basket away and then whispers to her that he'd like to get her number. So she gives him her number and her address, and then he leaves. The doctor, meanwhile, is very concerned. Later, Dwayne goes to the movies with the basket and falls asleep during a kung fu movie. As he nods off for some junk, he grabs the basket and brings it into the bathroom. Breaks off the lock and looks inside and screams. I'm wondering what that junkie thought was in that basket. Hopefully sweet, sweet drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good drugs. First, drugs. Second, money. Third, anything that could be sold for money to buy drugs. (laughs) Yes. That is the correct order of operations. Yeah. Fourth, hamburgers and hot dogs. Right. (laughs) That's probably what he smelled. Like, man, that that reeks of hamburgers and hot dogs. (laughs) Yeah. At least it doesn't reek like shit. <laughs> right. So Dwayne wakes up, up and runs to find his basket and sees the junkie come out of the bathroom, bloodied and holding his face. Dwayne then picks up the basket and runs out of the theater. The doctor tries to make a phone call, but no one answers. So he looks through his Rolodex and comes across the name Dr. Cutter. Dials a number and interrupts a date that Dr. Cutter is on. She tells him she told him that not to call ever. He tells her about all about Dwayne showing up to his office and Dr. Lifflander from Glens Falls is dead. She tells him to basically deny everything and hangs up on him. Back, did we kind of gloss over the dinner she was having? Uh, I did a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because she was definitely trying to, like, rape this guy, right? Uh, seemed like she was trying to, like, pr- she's like a MILF, right? Maybe uh, a little a cougar action. Cougar, right? oh, for sure. But he, he didn't want any of it. It's like, no, I really shouldn't drink. No, I like when you're drunk. Red flags. <laughs> Different time than 1982. Yes, that's a good point. Because <laughs> no one would believe him. Right. Yeah. She she raped me. Yeah. Okay, bro. Whatever yeah. you say, dude. This rich older woman was going to rape you. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been so terrible. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry. Cry me a river, dude. <laughs> Back at Needle- Dr. Needleman's, the receptionist leaves, leaving Dr. Needleman in the office by himself. As she does, Dwayne sneaks back into the office and empties the thing out of the basket and tells it not to forget the address book. Dwayne leaves and the thing starts making a lot of noise in the office. Needleman comes out of the office to investigate and finds the door ripped off its hinges. Runs back to his office and barricades himself in with desks filing cabinets. As he does, light switch gets flicked on in one of the rooms in the office. How much do you want to bet that that filing cabinet was supposed to move? And it just didn't move. (laughs) Oh, we forgot to empty it. Shit. It was, yeah, it was pretty, I bet it even just, like, got stuck on a carpet that you don't see. (laughs) Right. It it just made that guy look so weak. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, this poor guy. Uh, So, um, 
he flicks the light switch on and he sees it. And this is our first look at the thing, which can only really be described as a tumor with eyes, a mouth, and an arm. So Needleman screams and the thing attacks him, eventually disemboweling Needleman. When done, the thing meets with Dwayne in the alley with the address book. Dwayne puts the thing back in the basket and they run. Later, Dwayne comes back to the apartment and brings the thing some hot dogs and a TV, <laughs> which seems like a pretty nice deal, right? The, my favorite part about the, the TV bit here is that he puts the TV, sets it up, put the rabbit ears on, and nothing comes on the screen. He's like, you know, if you get tired of watching TV, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> right. you didn't even make sure there was anything on the TV. Right. Yeah, maybe this all could have been avoided if he just took a couple of minutes to, to set those rabbit ears up. Yeah, get in WB11 or whatever. Yeah, it would have been PIX, W-P-I-X back then, before it became WB. Dwayne wasn't thinking with his head. He was thinking with his head. Yeah. See, I think, like, wouldn't they have telepathic communication? You'd feel like yeah. like the Belial would be feeling that too, right? He wants his brother to have sex because it's almost like he had sex. Maybe, right? Because the whole point is he's just, he's a jealous little bastard. Right. So if, if he can't get any, no one can. I guess yeah. but, that, but, that's what it's going to be because I mean, not to jump too far ahead, because but that's it, they do it the reverse way. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Yeah. The in what Belial like because you're saying that he should want Dwayne to go get some ass because he can feel it too, mm-hmm. but he does it the reverse way in the end. So it really right. is. Yes. Yeah, it's really just Belial is a little nasty cock block. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm glad Dan is agreeing because I was going to ask Dan again if he didn't watch the final 10 minutes of this movie. No, no, I, I watched this whole thing. I made sure I, I gave myself enough time to watch it so I could still do my get my gains. And, uh, everybody wins. Uh, so my, my question to you, gentlemen, we all know uh, that there is something for everybody out there, correct? Mm-hmm. Is there a niche group of people where Dwayne and Belial can both kind of get their their groove on, if you know what. Get At the same time? It. Yes. You're asking for a lot. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's enough enough money in that wad of cash. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or I what never... if he just watches, like in the corner? That's more or, likely. Or lo- like all creepily. I, yeah, I guess yeah. there's only one way he could watch from there's... the basket. From yeah. The... <laughs> That's where, he's, that's where he lives. That's where that's just where he feels most comfortable, which is from the basket. Right. <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm just curious because I know that there are some pretty morose people out there. Yeah, it's just Belial's personality is not great. Right. Yeah, no. it's yeah, not. He just has a real dickhead personality because he throws a fit about everything. Right. Yeah. Could you imagine if like if Dwayne's give, given it to a nice sex worker? Because, OK, here's the scenario. Europe and Australia are very good about having their sex workers and the sex workers in those countries are very good with helping people with disabilities who don't find sex on a regular basis. Okay. So they're, they're, that's a very common thing. So if Dwayne is putting it to a nice sex worker and Belial is watching and then he gets upset about something that's happening, like he's not twisting her tit the way he likes and he starts <laughs> screaming and throwing a fit. That's not cool. That's a bad customer behavior. Yes. <laughs> yes. But And then Dwayne looks like the asshole. Right. right. Because he, he can't looks, keep his brother under wraps. Yeah. Can't keep his brother under wraps. He's going to get performance anxiety because he knows he's going to get screamed at if he doesn't do the right things. It, it's too much. Yeah, well, they, they made sure they hit one fetish person in this scene. They uh, they lingered on that uh, foot shot. 
for a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Tarantino was happy. This is one of his favorite yes. movies. Yeah. <laughs> Which also, Belial can't be that picky either. He's not allowed. He shouldn't be having kinks when he can't get it at all. Just getting on the feet stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now is the sequel? They find a lady Belial, and uh, she's she's in like a, a like a, a different basket. I mean, there is a sequel. There's yeah. Bas- there's two of them. Um. Well, the third one's called Progeny. So. So I'm assuming somehow Belial has a kid. Uh, basket Basket Case Two was uh, Basket Case Bride of Basket Case. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> basket Case Two. Uh, okay. They join an an eccentric and her human menagerie. That that's pretty good. That yeah. something might have happened there. Let's see what seed, Basket Seed of Belial. Let's see what Basket Case Three is about. I mean, I guess they, they you know Chucky fucks. Exactly. Chucky does have a better personality, though. Uh, yes. But that's what I mean. Like, so in in uh, Bride of Chucky, right? He he found someone who was willing to, you know, pretty much bang a doll. Right. So yeah, it, but I mean, there are people out there. Yeah, it, it, he found a person, but you know, she was more or less like somebody who was like a, a Charles Manson fan or a tenor. Right. You know, she was a she was a fan of his earlier work and. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what about you know who I think would have been down for it the the woman from Return of the Living Dead she <laughs> seemed like she was pretty much down for anything oh trash yeah. uh, no trash yeah no trash was a faker because she, she was a she, poser yeah she was a poser she had all those fantasies and then when it came true she she wasn't into it oh okay she yeah she just liked to flaunt pose she oh, when her. she got it when she got her undead old man orgy she wasn't ready for it. <laughs> Everyone thinks they're ready for an undead old man orgy, but <laughs> until the time comes to have it. Yep. So you take one in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, what, what is that the saying? Like, or no? Everyone, everyone thinks they're a gangster until it's time to do gangster shit. I, I think Mike. <laughs> I think Mike Tyson has a quote. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah. everyone has uh, a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Yeah. Yep. That's very true. Uh, so, uh, Dwayne tells. The thing that he's just going to go to Dr. Cutter's apartment and there's no reason to bring him. So just chill for the day and he'll be back. Then he runs off to Sharon, the receptionist's apartment, and they go out on a date. They go to Statue of Liberty and Dwayne admits that he had no interest in seeing the sights. He just wanted to see her. So he is basically explaining the uh, social contract of every date that's ever existed. Yeah. The man <laughs> decides to do whatever the woman wants to just because he wants the chance to fuck. <laughs> And I think that goes throughout the entire relationship too. I mean, yeah, he's a bumpkin, so I guess the. I mean, this is his first date ever. Um, well, he's he's a bumpkin and a virgin. Yeah, like, so yeah. double. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's really not going to complain about where he goes. Right, <laughs> he's double desperate. Yeah. yeah, he's a townie from Lake George. <laughs> I I mean, over the weekend I went to a farm I didn't want to go to to like, <laughs> to go pumpkin picking. So sorry, Dwayne, it never ends, dude. <laughs> Yeah, like Belial did you a favor, man. <laughs> he saved you. He <laughs> saved you thirty plus years of doing stuff you really don't want to do. <laughs> I mean, just ask me. I've got chickens. <laughs> exactly. Yes, Anthony and I live the same life essentially. <laughs> uh, with six more chickens than you, though. That is true, but it's only a matter of time, man. <laughs> yeah, and just get them to talking on Halloween. You'll get chickens soon enough. Oh. Listen, it's I'm telling you, it's a done deal. It's just it's not a matter of uh, 
of how long it's it's gonna happen. It, it, it's when she finally becomes head of the HOA and changes the <laughs> the right. laws of the area. That's when yes. Dan watches. My first rule: you get all the chickens you want. <laughs> uh, so basically, Sharon admits the same thing. She just wanted to show him sights because she wanted to spend time with him. And Sharon and Dwayne are making out on Liberty Island. The thing is having an absolute fucking meltdown in the apartment. Immediately breaks the TV and starts tossing lamps around, throwing everything it gets its hands on in glorious claymation animation. <laughs> All the while screaming its head off, alerting the neighbors. They get the landlord and he opens up the apartment. I guess it's a hotel manager. It's not an apartment building. And the thing manages to get back into the box before they open the door. So when they get in, the apartment has been tossed, but it looks like there's no one in the in the hotel room. And one of the neighbors, O'Donovan, spies the wad of cash in Dwayne's bag. And then the landlord starts ushering everybody back out of the apartment. This is bumpkin move number one. Why don't you have that wad of cash on you? I don't care what version of New York you're living in. That cash has to be on you at all times. My, my question is, what, maybe they got into it later, but like aside from just robbing the people he's killing... Where does he get all this money from? I think it's from... I, he probably gets an inheritance from the aunt, right? Because the aunt dies. And yeah, the aunt's I the one guess. that I guess she she had some money. I mean, she's an old lady that didn't seem to have much going on, so... Yeah, maybe that's it. Independently seemed, wealthy. Yeah. yeah, he's just carrying... He's constantly carrying around, like, $500 on himself. Yeah. It's just like... Well, that's a lot <laughs> yeah. at any time. <laughs> and in the flashbacks, the dad does seem pretty well off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they have a nice house. It looks like they're in a very affluent neighborhood. Yeah. Um, he seems pretty well off and he seems really pissed because it's probably like, this is my lineage. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't be bringing this thing around the country club. Yeah. I just didn't <laughs> know if they ever got into like what the dad dad did or what you know what were everybody's jobs where's this money coming from <laughs> yeah they they don't get into it but um that's a, one thing i would assume is what happened but yeah he just like they don't explain that giant wad of cash at, at first and then it just it doesn't come up really much more after this scene if, if we're being honest at the very beginning when he checks into the hotel and flashes all that money he's immediately being mugged right after that as soon as he goes into his room someone's breaking in and oh, someone yeah. is robbing him. Yeah. Because that's real far too much money to flash around. <laughs> yep. That's happening today if he does that. Yeah. He's going to get popped right in the mouth immediately. <laughs> now it's my money. Or or do the uh, or does the uh, our good friend the wallet inspector show up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean they're they're just like a old bunch of like old pensioner men with probably limp dicks. I mean, they were wasn't going to do anything there. Yeah, yeah, he he might have been to the only the only uh, apartment place where like, apartment place uh, hotel I think is the word I'm looking for. It's a yeah, it's a hotel. Yep. Yeah, that, that's the correct word. Uh, yep. He's in the only hotel where I guess they're all not robbers. Like I I don't know. It, it looked like it was pretty seedy, but they're like lucky. they're the obviously they're 100 percent willing to rob him, but they're more. Con- non-confrontational about it they're not going to just jack him they're going to wait until he leaves and go sneak into his room yeah. and that's exactly what o'donovan does he uh goes right back into the room by picking the lock he grabs the cash then starts going through the rest of the apartment checking all the drawers then opens up the basket to find the thing the thing jumps on o'donovan and starts manhandling the shit out of him they wrestle and o'donovan tries to get back to his apartment and closes the door behind them and the thing just beats o'donovan to death 
Meanwhile, Dwayne gets is getting telepathic signals about something going on and runs from Sharon saying he has to go. I mean, I'm not sure how often the uh, the ferry comes from back to Manhattan, but that's going to take some time. Uh, Landlord opens up O'Donovan's apartment and sees O'Donovan's dead body and blood leading out the window. Dwayne gets back and the cops are already there. Ambulance is already taking O'Donovan away. Sharon followed Dwayne the whole way home, but Dwayne freaks out at her, telling her she needs to leave because he won't let her get killed. He runs to his apartment and a couple of detectives follow him inside, start asking questions and tell him about O'Donovan, the commotion the neighbors heard in his apartment. They check the basket and the rest of the apartment, but the thing is nowhere to be found. They go to leave and tell him that they may be back to ask him more questions. And then Dwayne looks for the thing and finds him in the toilet. They have an argument. Just sorry to interrupt. There is like one funny part in that exchange where it's it's the detective, I believe another cop. And then there's I think it might be the hotel manager that's all in the room while Dwayne's being questioned. Yeah. And then the hotel manager leaves. The second cop leaves. And while the second cop's leaving, he tries to shut the door. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> on his way out, and the detective has to stop it. It's like, what are you doing? You're about to shut me in this room. <laughs> it's just, it's just bad acting choices, not paying yeah. attention. It was uh, just great blocking from the director. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. So, so it's a small thing that I caught. Make you laugh. <laughs> uh, so Dwayne and uh, the thing have an argument. The thing knows Dwayne was with a girl when he said he was going to Cutter's place. Dwayne takes the basket. Uh, so they. They make up. He kind of basically says, you know, you're my brother and blah, blah, blah. So Dwayne then takes the basket and goes to a bar. And Casey is there and she starts talking to him. He's already pretty drunk and she brings him to a back table to talk and drink some more. They get so drunk that she asks what's in the basket. And then he info dumps on her and she sobers up real goddamn quick. He tells her all about his conjoined brother and his deformity and how he's living in a basket. And she gets creeped the fuck out, which she should. Dwayne passes out and has a dream about his dad cursing him and his brother after they killed the mother in childbirth. We also go through the moments where their dad convinces the doctors to separate Dwayne and the growth, let's call it, and the operation to remove it. And the assumption was that the deformed brother would eventually die during the surgery. But after the surgery, young Dwayne wakes up to find his twin is gone. And we finally get a name for it, which is Belial. And he hears Belial call to him, and Dwayne goes outside to find Belial in a trash bag. And then later, the dad wakes up to banging and sawing going on, follows the noise into the basement, and is then split in half by a saw. They have they have slid down a ramp um, and killing him, slicing him right in half. Aunt covers for them when the police arrive, and she tells them that she'll take care of them. And she does. She eventually dies, leaving them all alone. Uh, Casey takes a drunken Dwayne back to his apartment. She puts him to bed, but then he shoots up, goes to the hall, brings the basket into the apartment. So, curious, Casey looks into the basket and it's empty. I absolutely wanted him to just face plant into the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was all I wanted to see. Just face down, bam. Um, she goes back to her apartment and gets changed and lays down in bed. As she goes to sleep, Bilal creeps up on her and grabs her by the tit. She wakes up and freaks out, running out of the apartment. So once again, the neighbors all wake up, and the hotel manager goes into her apartment to investigate. Doesn't see anything, but sees that the window is open. So whatever it is is gone now. This is it, this is now the third time to what appears to be somebody crawling in the windows of this hotel. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know that it's Belial moving apartment apartment. He is escaping through the windows, but now this is the third room that somebody has crept into the apartment and done some shit. 
at what point do they start nailing the window shut? Right. What, the, does no one think, oh, I better shut and lock and block my windows tonight? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like they, they just let things just keep happening. Even though, like, the hotel manager should be like, crazy should have been going on since this asshole kid had gotten here. But, like, I don't have any proof that he's the reason, but he's got to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the reason why he manages this fucking hotel. Yeah, it, he doesn't even own the. He does mention at one point that he doesn't even own the property, yeah. so he doesn't really care. He's just an he's an employee like everybody, you know. Yeah, doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so, uh, Casey goes to stay with a neighbor, and the landlord breaks up the crowd. Belial goes back to Dwayne's apartment, but took Casey's panties as a souvenir. Creep. See, that's how that's how you immediately know Belial. Is, I mean, aside from the fact that he's named after the devil, the mm. the, the whole panty stealing is a. Uh, yeah, it's a sure sign that he's a pervert and he's not a good guy. <laughs> the murders yeah. help as well. well <laughs> the murders, mm, I don't know. You can, you can, you can do with that, I guess. Yeah, That's there's, fine. well, there's part revenge and then the other ones maybe was like self defense. So you know. yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like it's like oh well he they, the doctors definitely tried to kill him so he's exactly right. his whatever he thinks is is just but yeah. There's no excuse for stealing Casey's panties. And then if a junk if a junkie took you into a seedy bathroom in a movie in a movie theater, would you not try to defend yourself? Oh <laughs> sure. yeah. Well, he's definitely. I think him and the the guy trying to steal the money. Maybe you don't kill the guy trying to steal the money. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you kill him, but I, I guess it goes either way there. But so another question to you guys: If you were born. With this hideous deformity on you, mm-hmm. you would want to get rid of it, right? Yeah, I would definitely not take it out of the trash. Okay. So, <laughs> like, we, so, because I know I wouldn't feel any remorse. I'd be like, get this thing off me ASAP. Like, get this thing off me yesterday. And I want it gone. I don't. I would not rescue it. I want it gone forever. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> They should have talked to the veterinarian when they were babies of getting this thing cut off, man. Right. Like, because they they don't do it until he's like a teenager. At that point, it's kind of weird. You've been living with this thing on you and, and have maybe... a telepathic communication with with him. Yeah, for... that that's a good point. Why didn't they get rid of it at childbirth? Was it just too risky? It was too risky. I think. I think that was that's the reasoning. Because like doctor doctor Cutter's a vet. Um, I don't know what other kind of I, I think I'm I guess Neilman was a general practitioner. I don't know what he, what kind of doctor he was. I wanted to get a veterinarian. <laughs> that's, that's weird, isn't it? See, like, I I feel like they got the veterinarian. I the this this ragtag team of doctors that they get when he's a teenager is because don't they also kind of perform the surgery in the house? Yeah. So this is this is all like this is all under the table pay. Yeah. Like so, they're. You know, this isn't a real we went to a hospital, you know, because probably the hospital maybe did say it was too dangerous. And then the dad was like, you know what? Fuck that. We're not doing that. Like, I'm just going to pay some people under the table and take my chances. Yeah, that's part of that part of the flashback is him saying I've been to every every doctor has told me no. Every hospital's told me no. And I guess he just kind of found these three people that would do it for the right amount of money. Oh, okay. One of them happened to be a vet. I think it would have would have been better if like we we learned what the other two were like there was like we got a vet a plastic surgeon and like uh, I don't know like a dentist or something like that I don't I don't know <laughs> he, he's just, just there he's like, yeah, I, like, I, he's, I really don't do anything here 
It was like literally just gra- like grasping at straws and finding whoever would would do it um, yes. to get it done. Yeah, the the vet needed as much money as she could get for her uh, Mrs. Robinson cosplays that she likes to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, to pay off her victims. To to be fair, at this point, if I found out that I was being worked on by a veterinarian, I'd probably have a vendetta as well. (laughs) Like, damn, you couldn't even you couldn't even jump to get me like a Dr. Nick Riviera kind of doctor. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like a quack. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. You couldn't even get you couldn't even pony up to get a quack. You had to get a veterinarian. (laughs) Yeah. So the neighbors are like, oh. Uh, so Belial, go back to Dwayne wakes up in the morning and tells Belial it's time to get it over with. They go over to Dr. Cutter's office and it turns out Cutter is a veterinarian. He goes to Dr. Cutter saying he has a cat that needs to be examined. But then Dwayne tries to reveal why he's really there. But Cutter basically figures it out and tells him to get the hell out. But then she says, what's in the basket and opens it. And Belial jumps out on her and starts attacking her. And she screams, alerting the entire office as the receptionist tries to open the door. Belial continues to attack her cutter, eventually showing her face into a drawer full of medical equipment, stabbing her in the face with all of them, and she dies. Dwayne, though, manages to sneak out of the office with Belial and head home. As he walks up the stairs to his room, Sharon runs up to him and tells him that she's been with the police all day and they found Dr. Needleman dead. She says she wants to be with him tonight because it's the only way she'll feel safe. So he brings her into the apartment and they get closer and they start to make out. And then they're about to fuck until the worst cock block in the history of cock blocks sticks its ugly head out of the basket, screaming its head off. Sharon panics, telling Dwayne to let her off the bed. Eventually he tosses her out of the apartment and starts screaming at Belial, basically pissed that Belial's not going to let him fuck. He manhandles Sharon both here and in the (laughs) other part where he tells her to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. He's so rough. <laughs> Just like t- I-, I thought, she was he was gonna knock her hat, knock her out, in when he throws her against the wall here. Yeah, that was uh, that was some choice acting for sure. <laughs> Sharon screams for him to let her back in, but he tells her to go away, and she leaves. At night, Belial climbs out of the basket and jumps up to the window and screams his awful scream. Meanwhile, Dwayne has a dream where he's running naked through the streets of New York and makes it all the way to Sharon's apartment. This is one of the few times we see Dick in any episode, any movie we've ever covered. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would have lost a bet if, if you would have made me guess which would come first in this movie. Uh, boobs or full frontal male nudity? Yep. <laughs> Surprise, man. <laughs> And yes, the carpets do match the drapes. His bush is as big as his fucking hair. <laughs> <Yeah. effort. laughs> Some 1982 bush. Yeah, he's he's rocking the mane. Well, this is pre-Manscaped. Um, That's true. Yeah. Man- <laughs> Manscaped, if you're listening, we will take your money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like Dwayne from Basket Case, 1982. <laughs> uh, sure. Um... He makes it all the way to Sharon's apartment. He makes it inside to find her asleep in bed. He pulls the covers off and starts assaulting her. Then wakes up to realize that it wasn't a dream. That's what Belial was seeing and races to Sharon's apartment. Sharon wakes up and finds Belial on top of her, raping her. She screams and he attacks her, eventually killing her right before Dwayne shows up. Dwayne shoves Belial in the basket and takes him back to the hotel, screaming at him for killing Sharon. She was a good person. No. When he is on, like, again, this is kind of back to butthole talk, but, like, what was he raping her with? Because that, that it, may have been the creepiest scene in the entire movie. It absolutely yeah. was. Like, it, yeah. it was, yeah, it was gross as hell. Because you're, you're mostly in the point of view of the monster as he's, like, feeling her up yeah. and everything. I, I'm talking about the side view when Dwayne comes in and the dead-eyed puppet is just rocking back and forth. 
oh yeah yeah and then there's <laughs> there's like blood like in her lap yeah and on her thighs so it's like what did he do to do that yeah that's i was a little confused at what yeah. exactly the mechanics of what was going on was right yeah but i don't know but she did unfortunately apparently i was reading trivia like apparently uh the crew was so upset by the scene that they had at, at least for a short amount of time had to walk off the movie. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it too. Yeah. It's, it's unpleasant. <laughs> yes. It's like, was he like, I don't, I don't want to get too much of the details of it. Yeah. All, but <laughs> it, it's not good. Whatever, whatever, yeah, no, whatever, whatever. It happens, it's, it's not fun. Yeah, a blob killed a lady via sexual deviancy. It's mm-hmm. not yeah. good. It's not. That's something you probably didn't think you'd be saying today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared uh, for all things. <laughs> he makes it back to the hotel and marks a big com- makes a big commotion as he goes to his room. So once again, all the neighbors come out to see what's going on. Hotel manager opens the door as Dwayne and Belial fight. Belial eventually picks Dwayne up by the dick as the neighbors watch on. They continue to fight and Belial and Dwayne eventually tumble out the window. Belial hangs onto the outdoor hotel sign, holds onto Dwayne by the neck until he strangles him to death. And then Belial loses his grip on the sign, and they both fall to the ground, and Belial dies with Dwayne. And that is the end of the movie. That's so, it's you you know you've reached B level like echelon where you have the, the dick grabbing part. Because <laughs> that I think that happens in Toxic Avenger as well, right? Doesn't uh, Toxie he he grabs one of the one of the bad guys by the the dick and balls and just like lifts them and throws them. So I would that, rather that's... challenge you to name a trauma movie where somebody doesn't get grabbed <laughs> by the dick. <laughs> I was gonna say there's there's plenty of Toxic Avenger movies. At least one of them's got that exact scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and I think at one point he also uses someone's dick as a punching bag. So, yeah, like, there you go, man. Like, you just, you, you enter B-movie heaven yeah. when, with that kind of scene. It, yeah, somehow did not make it into the cartoon, though. No. <laughs> yeah, they, they cut that out because you know, parents probably would have complained. <laughs> now, yeah, forgive me if you said this, but the final shot of the movie, um, I liked that they, it looked like they reconjoined at the oh. end. It was, like, the same position. Yeah, I didn't bring that up, but yeah. Yeah. I was thinking it was more of a callback to King Kong, so it felt like to me. <laughs> oh. I meant the, the final. It looked like how they showed you him coming out of that side of his body. Yeah, and he was in the same yeah. position and all that. Yeah, yeah. I appreciated just before he falls the streetwalkers who <laughs> yeah. notice it, and boy, are they the worst actors, and they just might have actually been streetwalkers. <laughs> I think so. And uh, either that, or, like it was just like the the most obvious streetwalker uh, costumes or like outfits. Oh yeah, it was yeah, super stereotypical, but the acting kind of made sense that oh, maybe they just were sex workers. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they they were definitely uh definitely actors because uh, normal New Yorkers in 1982 would have been like, "Ah, whatever." Right. <laughs> just keep walking. I mind uh, mine, they mind theirs. That's their business. What's <laughs> your fucking business? Uh yeah, this is in the basket case. It's it's this is a wild fucking movie. Um yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, have have any of you seen Brain Damage? Yes. Where where would you put that compared to this one? Do you like this more or better? Uh, I I've seen this one more often, uh, and I I think I've seen this three times total. I've okay. seen Brain Damage once, but I remember there being a scene in Brain Damage that goes on for a long time, and it it kind of 
turn turn me off, but the rest of it was was really good. I, I enjoyed the like the slug. I forget. I think it has a name. But I think I it does too. Yeah. Yeah, but I I, I like the slug because it has more of a personality. Yeah. Uh, it it actually speaks. This movie kind of drags in places, uh, especially at the beginning. It takes a little while to get to uh, like the real meat and potatoes of the movie. Mm-hmm. But this movie delivers some really good some really good kill scenes. Uh, I, I did enjoy it. it, and it definitely leans into the absurdity of its monster. Uh, but yeah, bra- I, I did like Brain Damage, and I, I need to watch it again to have a conclusive answer. But gotcha. right now, I, I would say Brain Damage until further review. Gotcha. Uh, but, uh, its I mean, name uh, is Basket Case, I'm sorry. Its name is Elmer, by the way. That's a great name. <laughs> Much better than Belial, if I'm being honest. Yes. Well, yeah. Less, well, less obviously the evil. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, if you guys got nothing else, uh, we're about wrapped up. Uh, Steve, where can we find you? Well, you can find me later tonight on Tubi, trying to see if I can watch uh, Basket Case two and three. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> social media for the two podcasts I'm on, uh, Hop Nation USA. That'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Halloween is forever. Instagram, Hello Forever Twitter, Hello Ween is Forever Pod on Facebook and uh, TikTok, which I don't do the TikTok, but we have TikTok videos. And uh, yeah, search either of those shows on your favorite podcatcher to get brand new episodes. Hop Nation USA every Friday and Halloween is Forever every Monday. Okay, great. Uh, you guys could plug your shit too. Uh, Dequino122 is my personal Twitter account. Um, at Stranger Damies uh, is our Real Play D&D account. Just check there if you want to talk some D&D movies, comic books, and you get uh, episode updates as well. And I've, I've recently learned how to make memes, so watch oh, out, boy. world. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I am, I've caught up to the 21st century. <laughs> uh, one day you'll be able to troubleshoot all your... Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> Never. All right. Uh, Mark. So we uh, have Stranger Damies. Our D&D podcast airs every other Wednesday. We'll have a new episode uh, coming up, I believe, the day before this um, airs. Um, so uh, it's the last one we, we recorded online. So everything from here on out will be our in-table sessions. Um, so you'll probably see an uptick and some good banter and some good discussion back and forth. Um, we'll see uh, audio quality um, should improve. But, you know, you've listened to these podcasts that we do long enough to know that that's never a guarantee. But um, we hope mostly that the content will be better now that we're all sitting around a table again. Um, So be sure to check us out. Like Dan said, Instagram and Twitter at Stranger Damies. Like, share and subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And then we have the uh, Game Vault podcast, which is uh, our video game focused um, show Um, that airs every other Monday. Um, You can find us on all socials at Game Vault Pod. We also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash gamevaultpod. Um, and there we stream three nights a week as of right now on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to be streaming if you're listening to this on Thursday when it releases um, tonight because we will be in New York City uh, for Comic-Con uh, this weekend. So um, we will be back um, for shows for next Thursday. Um, and also probably um, the Monday after uh, this airs, um, we'll probably have uh, the date and time um, or rough rough time for the uh, Extra Life uh, uh, fundraiser that we do every year. 
Um, that'll be on twitch.tv slash gamevaultpod. Um, as usual, we'll play a little bit of live D&D and um, some video games for that. So um, be sure to check it out. We may be um, uh, having, uh, if it's up to me, having an actual wheel um, at the thing. <laughs> Um, to spin, not anything um, programmed. Uh, so, and um, I have some other ideas that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, talk over with the uh, other ones involved that may be just as fun as a wheel. So, be sure to check out the Twitter to hear all the good stuff we're doing for that. Okay, great. And we are They Called This Movie. You can find us at on all your podcast streaming apps just by searching They Called This Movie. So that's Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, you could find us there. We are the mainnamey.com. That's our main website. So that's the mainnamey.com. And we are in the middle of 31 Days of Horror. So we are actually posting articles, which we say we do, but we only really do it this month because I'm lazy. <laughs> Um, you can find us on all all socials just by searching the main Damie. We are on TikTok, but we are under the TikTok of They Called Us a Movie. So find us on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie. And we are proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all podcast streaming apps and on all socials just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows if there's if you're into geek stuff, there's certainly a show for you. As Mark said, we will be in Comic-Con at the time you hear this. So if you're going to Comic-Con, reach out to us at the main Damie. Say, hey, we're at Comic-Con too. Or don't. I don't give a shit. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have questions or comments you want to reach out to us and suggest a movie, the main Amy at gmail.com is where we are on the Gmails. And that's going to wrap it up for two day so the director of basket case is frank hennenlotter so for dan aquino mark myers and steve from hop nation and halloween is forever well frank hennenlotter you certainly made a movie didn't you 